Amen, amen. Praise God. Everybody doing good tonight? Good, looking good? Smelling good? <laughs> no odors since I came in? Amen. If you are uh, new with us tonight, we welcome you. I'm so glad that you decided to stop by. And maybe you wanted to see more people in the room other than at Walmart. And this is one of those places that we can experience that. And uh, But we're glad you're here. And uh, we have a gift for you on the way out tonight in the main lobby. If you'll stop by, you can get one for free. And uh, if you are watching us online tonight, we... Uh, you know, don't normally, other than the last little bit, stream our Wednesday nights. But welcome. You get a direct view into what really happens here. And uh, so if you're watching online, we welcome you as well. YouTube, Facebook, and uh, if you're new, do we have that ready to go? You can text the word new to that number you'll see on your screen. And uh, we'll uh, be able to get you a gift that way. Praise God. So we like giving gifts. And God is a giver of every good and perfect gift. And so uh, we're trying to join the party, giving stuff away. Amen. Uh, while we're at it, since we are live, uh, everybody here, if you are on social media, uh, I don't want you to be, you know, messing around the whole service. But if, <laughs> if you would, take a moment and uh, and get your device out and, and, and uh, find this video. And if you're on Facebook or YouTube, whatever, you know, like it, share it, comment on it, if you're going to say something good. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, do that online as well and uh, share it. And we can, it's an easy way for us to get the word out about what God's doing around here. Amen. And uh, we want many people to be, uh, to join the fun. Amen, amen. So appreciate everyone helping out. Let's just win the world. Easy as click, click, click. Amen. And uh, good deal. Let's, we're, well, I say we're going to receive our offering. We'll do that in a different way, but uh, we will make mention of that right now. Our tithes and offerings tonight, this is that time. We're not going to pass the offering container like we normally do. That will be available to you on your exit tonight if you want to give a physical tithe or offering using the envelopes. Then feel free to do that, or there is an offering container uh, in the lobby that you can put those in anytime. And uh, other than that, give digitally. Many of you do that, and that's easy. Of course, you can do that anytime, but I've been told by many people, I like to give my tithes and offerings while I'm in the service. And, 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 and I understand that, and sometimes it's a good time to release your faith. And so if you'd like to do that, now would be a good time to do that. We're going to pray over our, our giving uh, and our tithes and offerings because we will never be without when we seek His kingdom first. Amen? Jesus said it personally to us. Thank you, Lord, in Mark, Matthew chapter 6. Amen. Everybody ready to pray? Father, thank you. We bring our tithes and offerings to you now, our first, our best, because you take care of the rest. As you said, Lord Jesus, we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to us. So thank you for bills paid and needs met for an abundance and excess in every person's life so they can live in your glory, live in your best. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Blessings as you give whenever you do that. <laughs> Amen. That was funny to me. That wasn't funny to anybody else. <laughs> I'm just used to saying as we give and then the stuff goes around. <laughs> Praise God. You ready for some word? Uh, this is different night, you know, if, if you don't know. First Wednesday of the month around here is a healing service. So our focus, the whole rest of the night, is, uh, is on healing. I'm not talking, not talking uh, figurative healing, not talking spiritual healing, uh, no such thing. Uh, uh, spirits need born again, not healed. Okay, uh, Not talking, um, you know, again, like in a figurative sense, talking literal, physical, physical problems, pains, injuries, diseases, whatever. Uh, you might label it infirmity. We're talking healing of the body. All right. Anything in this book about that? Lots in the book about that. And so uh, I want to share a few things with you today. And if you came expressly for healing tonight, then get ready, get ready, get ready. Don't be distracted even for a moment because God is about to get in your business to help you experience his fullness today. If you have your Bible or your Bible apps, go to Isaiah chapter 53, Isaiah 53 and uh and I want you to look at that with me as you can. I have a bunch of verses that I'm going to put up on the screen uh, in a little bit for you. But if you could look at this one with me, you may be familiar with it. Um, but I want to start off here. Healing is an established fact. Okay? It is not something that is currently up to God. And that might be a world-altering statement for some. But it really is not. It is not something we have to or need to convince him to do. It is something from God's perspective that is already done. And if we will get to a position where we see things from his vantage point, that will help us tremendously to walk in and enjoy what he says is done. All right? In Isaiah... Uh, he was prophesying. Now, Isaiah was a prophet. He lived at a time way before Jesus even came to the earth to be our Savior and Redeemer. But God showed him in the Spirit some things that would happen. This is one of the great evidences of, you know, the reality of what we believe and of Jesus being our Savior and so forth. It was foretold. I mean, down to some pretty amazing details that he would do it. And then so when he came along, he just fulfilled what was already spoken about him. Isaiah is looking at Jesus on the cross. He's seeing him and what he would do for us at that, at that point. And I, without reading the whole thing, I just want you to zero in on verses 4 and 5, where he writes, Surely he has borne our griefs, now, the word griefs there in the Hebrew means sicknesses. And carried our pain, our sorrows. The Hebrew word there means pains. That's why I accidentally started to say it. Uh, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Well, why would he be smitten by God and afflicted? Well, that was for us, right? Amen. Amen. That, that, that was for us. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. 
So Isaiah then is looking into the future to the time when Jesus would be on the earth and when he would be our substitute, our sacrifice, when he would be pummeled, he would be bruised, he would be whipped, he would, he would bear the wrath of God on our behalf. Okay? He suffered so that we could get off. He was bruised so we wouldn't have to be bruised. One of the things that Jesus did there on the cross, as we can see, He did much more than die for our sins or iniquities. He died for everything that, would, that came as a result of our iniquities. Okay? And so Jesus bore it all. Now, how many know Isaiah's looking into the future, to the cross, but from our vantage point, this already happened. Okay? If we were describing this event, which we are, uh, we would look, we would speak of it in past tense terms. We would have to because we're not waiting for for uh, for Jesus to come. We're not waiting for He here to bear our sicknesses and our pains. He already bore our sicknesses and our pains. So God's part of our redemption is finished. All right, Jesus already did. He's never going to do this again. It's already done once and for all. God knew in His foresight and all His all knowledge and wisdom that this could be done once and for all. All right. In the Old Covenant, animals had to be sacrificed for the sins of the people, but it was regular and it was continual and it was year after year. When Jesus came, one and done, He died for us once and for all, forever satisfied all the the judgments of of God's uh, you know justice system. It's finished. It's done. So God went to great lengths to give us the right to access His healing power. You see what He did? Jesus did this so healing would be available. So it could be accessed by anyone who would call on His name. And, and it, was, it was no small thing as we see what Jesus went through. Now, someone might ask, is it God's will for me to be healed? Now, now watch. Of course, yes, but that really doesn't matter anymore. Say, why doesn't that matter? Well, because he already did it. Does that make sense? If I wanted to, or if, or if, let's say I didn't want to, but let's say I, I, I gave you my car, signed over the title. You went and had it transferred into your name. Okay, does it matter now if I want to? Say, do you really want to, them to have your car? Doesn't really matter. Why? It's already done. I already gave it to them. My will at this point is irrelevant. Now, I understand we want to know the heart of the Father, and, and so we want to know His will. Yes, that's a good thing to look at and study, uh, but it is a fact. It is already Completed. All right. Now, if we ever want to properly understand God and His ways, we have to view this book from, let's say, from the perspective of the cross. Not something that's going to happen, but something that did happen. If I will view this book in light of the cross, it will make sense. And it will always make us smile. Because if you've received what Jesus has done, that is always good news. Yeah? Here's what happens when people seem to set the cross or the work of Jesus aside. They go to the Bible and they start to, they well, 
commonly, especially in religious circles, people will be directed to uh, the book of Job. If you've ever read that, you know it can be a little confusing. It's, you know, if you don't have an understanding of Scripture or if you don't know Jesus. <laughs> okay? But what if you read that book with Jesus uh, in mind, meaning His work of the cross? Then everything's different. You immediately, without, without understanding everything, you recognize, okay, Job was way before Jesus. Job didn't have any kind of covenant with God, so I can't compare myself to him at all. I can learn some things from that book, don't get me wrong, but I can't compare myself to him at all because I have Jesus. You can't go to, you know, have you ever heard someone teach that Paul, the apostle in the New Testament now, Paul got sick and prayed to God to heal him and God said no. I'm not going to teach that tonight either, but if you know the cross, you know that can't be. Impossible. All right. Without understanding the full scope of 2 Corinthians 12, you would immediately say, well, that's not true because what about Isaiah 53? Why would God put all disease on Jesus and then refuse or decline someone when they seek to be healed? That's a contradictory belief. Everything we do in life, our prayer lives, our future, should all be viewed from the position of we're after the cross. Everybody okay? Now, the Father's will for us remains the same. You might be familiar with this verse. Matthew seven eleven. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? All right. So Jesus represented God as our Father. He said, this is the way He thinks. This is the way He works towards you. He wants to bring good things into your life. Right? So the will of the Father is important to me. And uh, I want to know what He wants. But I don't want to separate that from what he already did. I've already got the title. Healing has already been signed over to me. I can drive it any day I want. You can. If you're, if you're born again, if you're not, you can be that tonight. Uh, if you're born again, you have the keys. You have the title. You can drive this healing thing around anytime you want. Someone says, oh, I don't know about that. It's fact. It's fact. It's already, it's already done. I could, we could talk a lot about that, but um, I want you to think about this. Because I know God's will, meaning I know the Father's love for me, then I know that because of that, He is going to help me get what already belongs to me. So, does the will of God matter in this? It means a lot to me because I see what He already did for me through Jesus on the cross. Does He have any present work in our lives? He's helping us to get it. He wants to help you every day of your life to get and enjoy and experience what Jesus suffered so much to give you. So He's actively at work in our lives right now to get us into a place where we can receive His will. Notice what I didn't say. God is not actively at work to heal us. 
He already did that part. He's actively at work in us to get us to a place where we can receive of and partake of and enjoy what Jesus provided. Amen. Say, what's God doing right now? Is he working in my body? Well, yes, but not directly. He's working in your soul. He's working in your heart, so to speak. He's working in you so you can see what already is. How does he do that? Well, he does that through this, through the Word. You meditate on the Word, it'll bring life to your body. All right? He does that through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who reveals things. He's the one who opens our eyes. He speaks to us. He guides us. He does so many things. For what purpose? To get us into a position to receive, enjoy, and, and benefit from all that Jesus did for us. It all goes back to Jesus on the cross. The Spirit of God is actively at work in you right now. You could say it. You can believe it. You ought to. He's working in me. He's working in me. He's showing me the way things are really, how they're really supposed to be. He's revealing the truth so I can enjoy it and walk in it, enjoy the fullness of it. How does God work in us to get us to this place? He gives us anointed teachers and preachers. Because when the Word of God is taught by the Spirit of the Lord, something is there that helps us to get it. it the light turns on. And you, when you see it, you can be it. Yeah? And, and I see another way. He, he, the, he helps us to enjoy His will by bringing us into godly relationships. I mean, have you ever been helped, encouraged, uh, or encouraged from someone else? And it wasn't God directly, but it was God through them. And they weren't necessarily preaching under the anointing, but they were just being a good friend, a good brother, sister in Christ. And they shared with you, prayed with you, encouraged you, told you a story, told you different things like that. That's how God works towards us. So we don't want to live. How how am I going to get this? Through the Word and the Spirit and through teaching and through people. and, 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 And God is working in so many different ways so we can enjoy what He already gave us. Because Jesus isn't going back to the cross for you. So, well, I've been diagnosed. i got problems. Je- I'm going to tell you, Jesus is not going back to the cross for you. But doesn't He love me? He loved you so much, He took care of it the first time. And now He works to get us to the place of receiving that. Amen. Think about, if someone didn't know how to get saved, they didn't know about being born again, but they sincerely, from their heart, desired to know God. And they wanted salvation. They wanted to know Him. And they diligently sought after God. Without knowledge, but they sought after Him and said, Lord, I, I need to know, you, know the truth. What do, you think the, what do you think God would do in that situation? Say, He would send Jesus for them. <laughs> No, no, no. Did we cover that? Jesus already died on the cross, so that can't be the Father's response. Say, well, He would save them. No, 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 no. He already did that. The God side, the saving part's already done. So just because someone is, in, is sincere and they really want God in their life, does He just save them? No. He reveals Himself to them. He will send another person. He will, he'll get through to them. If someone seeks after God from, with their heart, you cannot tell me that He is not going to make a way for them to find out about Jesus and be saved. That's how He works. Why? Because He wants everybody to be saved. 
So I don't think anyone would ever have a problem with that. Hey, I believe that. I believe God will get to anyone. We've all heard stories of people in you know, faraway lands that didn't have a strong presence of, of Christianity or preachers or believers. And yet someone, and it happens all the time, sought after God. And some miraculous way they found out about Jesus. So well, what about healing? Do you know it works the same way? In this, in this way. What if someone was really sick, really hurt, and, and they did not know how to be healed. They didn't know how these things work. Well, what if they sought after God? What would He do with them? I'm thinking He'd probably direct them to read this book. He'd probably speak to them by His Spirit. He'd probably lead them into a place where they could be taught under the anointing. He'd probably connect them with other believers who could show them the way. He will reveal Himself to them to get them to a place where they can benefit from what already is. Everybody okay? Hallelujah. He's helping us to understand. So what do we need now? Because this is the second half of my message now. What do we need now? Now we simply need, let me back up. If this really is, if Isaiah 53 is true and other verses, if healing already is from God's perspective, he's not deciding to do it, he already did it in Christ, then what do we need to experience experience it? We simply need an activator. What already is present, what is real, what is finished, needs to be activated in our lives. And faith gives action to the power that is ever present right now. Any of us can do this. Since healing is, we simply need to make it manifest. Okay, so I want you to consider this for a moment. Think about the healing power of God as being as abundant, as present as the air. We think, what part of this room, where do we keep the air? Is it over there? It's probably down front there. You know, and (laughs) where people get prayer and stuff, that's probably where the air is. No? We would say, well, the air is everywhere. I mean, everywhere you go. That's where the air is. Where is healing? In a similar fashion, it is everywhere that God is. It is everywhere that you are. You cannot find a place on earth where you can get away from the healing power of God. It just is. It's a spiritual quantity that is never uh, used up. It is never in inefficient supply. It is always abundant everywhere at all times. So let your mind go there for a moment. Where is healing? There it is. There it is. Oh, it just went in my nose. It's as abundant as the air. I breathe in. I actually got healed. It is everywhere at all times. And it's, it's not you know, reserved for a select few. It's not just over there. He's everywhere. And healing is everywhere. Where's salvation? Could you get saved in the bathroom? You can get healed in the bathroom. 
Yeah. Could you get saved? Name your spot. In Cuna? I know we're stretching it there. <laughs> well, then you can get healed in Cuna. Amen. Could you get saved in a bar? Yeah, we can get healed in a bar too. Now, that'll tweak some religious minds. Oh, no, no, no. You can't get healed in a bar. You definitely have to go out to the sidewalk at least. God is everywhere. He's in the bar? I don't mean he's leading you there. <laughs> but yes, he's everywhere. Salvation is everywhere. You can call on the name of the Lord anywhere on the planet and be saved. And healing fills the atmosphere. Ever since Jesus was raised from the dead, His glory was established in the earth, and His presence fills the planet. He is everywhere. I know He's not always manifesting everywhere. That's why we need an activator. Someone has got to take what is and make it manifest. So I'm waiting for God to manifest my healing. Quit it. Quit it. We are the manifestors. We take what is by looking at it, by focusing on it, and by, let me give you some examples, okay? How can uh, healing be activated in our bodies? Let me give you five examples from Scripture. Number one is through touch. Through touch. You touch something that is anointed, okay? And you, you probably know the story. I'll just read just a little tiny bit of each, of one, each one of these. They'd all be an hour by themselves. The woman in Mark 5 who had the flow of blood for 12 years, in verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I only may touch his clothes... I shall be well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. So we know the power of God can get in cloth, can get in clothing, but it is the touch of faith. Boom! And the power went from the unseen, unfelt, invisible world and it whoo, rushed into her body. And her 12-year-long infirmity was gone in a minute. Yeah. So, there is that touch. It's a touch of faith. And it could even be cloth. Number two, here's another activator. You're familiar with this one probably. The laying on of hands. Laying on of hands. And what this is, well, it's more than this, but it's at least this. It is a point of contact. A point of contact where someone can release their faith which lays hold of spiritual realities and brings them into the manifest physical world. In, in Luke 4.40, when the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Jesus laid at times his hands on a whole bunch of people. Why did he lay his hands on them? Well, I don't really need to know too much about it other than they were healed. Hand on the person, healing in the body. Yeah? 
So again, at minimum, what, what is that? It's a point of contact where someone, what's happening internally? When, some, when you have hands laid on you or when you lay hands on someone else, it should be this. When, that, when hands are laid on me, I believe that healing power that is everywhere will instantly manifest in my body. That's your point of contact. Where's the healing? Where, where is it? Where is it? Right, right there. Point of contact. Okay. This is a common practice for us because one, Jesus did it, and then he told us to do the same. All right. It's also a foundational doctrine of the church. All right. This is going to be optional tonight for some people because we know some people don't want to be touched. And I'm okay with that. And some may want to, and this is foundational to the church. So in one sense, can you have church without the laying on of hands? I mean, it's one of the basic doctrines of Christ. <laughs> Say, well, n- not where I grew up. It's because not everyone does what Jesus told us to do. Okay. But we'll do things either way, however you want. Um, number three, activator is faith action. Faith action. Not just action, but a faith action. Okay, this is doing something that maybe was not possible before. Or something that wouldn't be wise outside of belief in God's healing power that's present. You can act, and in acting, what is unseen becomes seen. What is spiritual becomes physical. All right, here's an example. Luke chapter 6 and verse 10, Jesus was uh, ministering in the synagogue. And when he looked all around, he had looked around at them all. He said to the man, this is a man with a withered hand, okay, stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. Okay, so whatever that looked like, you know, with a withered hand, I don't know, but a withered hand, you can't stretch out a withered hand. So he told him to do something he couldn't do. Jesus said, stretch out your hand. And he did what he couldn't do. So I said, well, I can't do that. Well, neither could he. But that act of faith activated the power. The power was not activated until he stretched. Well, if God wants to heal me, he, he just will. I just believe that if God wants me to be well, he'll just make me well. Well, quit it. Don't stop believing that. This guy could have said the same thing. Well, Jesus, if, if you're really something, if you're really special, or if God really loves me, then he would heal my hand. Stop that, man. Stretch it out. What if he refused? He keeps the withered hand. So, these actions, there's different ways to make power manifest. This is one of them. Stretch it out. Act of faith. Another example along those lines is when Paul was preaching in Acts 14. There was a man there crippled from birth. So he'd never walked. Acts 14, 9. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. Said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. How do you tell a guy who's crippled from birth to stand up and walk? Well, he did. What if the guy would have sat there and said, Why, Jesus, can't you see me? I mean, I can't do that. I can't walk. Can you see? Crippled. (laughs) Been this way all my life. Not Jesus, but Paul. 
all my life been crippled. Now you're telling me to stand up. And you could say whatever you want to say. And people would and stay in their condition. But what did this guy do? He took that word. I don't know what that first effort looked like. I don't know if he grabbed someone else's hand. I don't, but he made some kind of physical effort to do what he couldn't do. Not just randomly, just kind of acting. No, because he believed. I believe in the power of God. I believe what Jesus did for me. I believe in the stripes upon his back provided my healing. So I'm getting up. Amen. I remember the, the, the story of uh, Brother Hagen when he was uh, in bed as a teenager. He was paralyzed and uh, couldn't walk. And he was, it was a deathbed because of the diseases he had. But he was literally paralyzed. And he had been reading the Word and standing on the Word and speaking the Word and and. and for, for many, many months, because there was no one there to teach him. No one knew these things that he knew. And uh, people were telling him to get ready to die. But he was believing the Word. And, and he said, uh, uh, basically the short version, he told, you know, he, he said to the Lord, I do believe I'm well. And, and I might get some of his stories mixed up. But at, at the end there, uh, the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, well, people ought to be up at 10 in the morning. 10.30 in the morning. Thank you. <laughs> Pastor Mickey knows the details. Uh, he said, well, people ought to get up. At, be up at 10.30 in the morning. And so what do you do with that if you're, if you're paralyzed? <laughs> now, I think he had some ability in his arms. So you do what you can. But he's paralyzed. But he threw himself off the bed and grabbed onto the bed post and was basically hanging there. <laughs> you might think, that's stupid. Why would you do that? Well, because of what happened next. When the power of God hit him in the head and went all through him and he walked. And then, you know, and walked till he was 86 or something. And uh, uh, praise God. So why would you do something like that? Because faith actions manifest power. Yeah. Here's number four. Another way to manifest this is, is through confession or speaking or the words of your mouth. Uh, it's Mark eleven twenty three, where Jesus said, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So outside of believing, outside of faith, outside of God, you, it would seem quite foolish to speak to a mountain. This would represent in our problems, it could be a disease or sickness, it could be some kind of problem, some kind of hindrance in our lives. It would seem foolish to speak to it. Who are you talking to? <laughs> the mountain. Who? What, what are you talking to? I'm talking to that cancer. But it can't hear you. Oh, yes, it can. It can't hear you with all of your unbelief, but it certainly hears me because I believe God and I know what Jesus did on the cross. And so when I speak, I'm not speaking of myself or of my own strength or power. I am declaring the word of the Lord and the ways of God. And I tell you, absolutely, it has to listen and it has to obey. Amen. This gives action. Action to the power. It activates it. And number five, the last one, is we see in, in James chapter 5 that the, the anointing with oil and the prayer of faith will heal, save or heal the sick. That's one way that healing is activated in a person's body. 
I'll read it to you. James 5.14, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. That means heal. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Say, why would you do that? And again, to contradict any kind of notion where someone would say, well, if God wants to do it, he will just do it. If he wants people healed, he will just heal them. Then why is it, why are verses like this even here? He said, if you're sick, sit on your rear end and know that God will heal you if he wants to. Does that sound harsh? I'm just saying he didn't say that. So if we think that way, if he wants to, he will. No, he already did. He already did this. And he went to great lengths to provide healing for you and for me. And he did it. He was successful. He finished the job. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. And now God gives us these methods. He gives us ways. And there are other ways to be healed, but I'm talking about activating the power of God. He gives us these methods so that we can enjoy what He already provided. Thank you, Lord. And so one of those ways, again, it's anointing with oil. So why would oil heal anybody? It's the anointing with oil and the prayer of faith. It's believing what Jesus already did. And in doing so, we access what's already here. Healing surrounds us. Healing is in your house. It's in your car. It's in your shower. It's in your kitchen. Healing is everywhere. Amen. What happens if I talk like it's there, think like it's there, and act like it is affecting me continually, then it will. What if I ignore it? What if I put my mind on everything else? What if I think about how bad it can be? Then healing will be everywhere and untouched by you. But God doesn't change in the midst of this. He doesn't change because of what I believe. He doesn't change because of what I know. He doesn't change because of what I do. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus' work on the cross is one, one and done, finished forever. He never has to go back. It's just up to us to access it. And we can access these things anytime, anywhere, through various methods. Amen? Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, let's do this tonight.